with you this morning. Katrina and I, uh, like the other pastors and spouses, were away last week at Catch the Fire, their 25th anniversary. And uh, I've got four pages of notes. I've already shared them with my wife and starting with Pastor Kevin, so I won't go into that. But I remember when I first was speaking here, uh, Rod Moorcroft came up to me and goes, Remember, Mark, don't impress, just bless. He's serving right now, but he said, he said, don't impress, just bless. And we just want to be a blessing today. And I wanted to bless uh, Jolie today because I was at the supermarket with Lucy, my four-year-old. We were shopping, and she looked at one of the magazines, and one of the famous ladies was on there. You know, when you go through checkout, and she goes, there's Jolie. She's in the magazine. It was uh, Jennifer Garner. Well... Julia Roberts, Jennifer Garner, you know, you're doing pretty good, so Lucy loves you a lot, and we just bless you, Jolie. That was a great time. Well, I wanted to share that uh, one thing that stuck out to me at the conference was when Heidi Baker was speaking, she kept talking about family and how God is calling uh, his people to be a family. And when I was growing up in the church, sometimes pastors would make fun of that term because they say, no, if you do church as a family, you're going to be inbred, you're going to be ingrown, you're going to be too small, you're going to, see you later. Uh, you know, if you do church as a family, it's going to be too, too tight. It won't make room for the outsider. You're going to be insular. But what Heidi's talking about is when you become a son or daughter of God, you belong in the family. And that all children have the right to come home. And when they come home, they should come home to a nice home. Not a dysfunctional church, but a home that loves them, forgives them, gives them the same wage, open arms, a seat's ready for them, love, encouragement. That's the kind of church that Christ is coming back for. And that's the, that's the DNA we believe this church, Desert Stream, is. When Heidi was talking about family, she said, you know, once your family... You have permission to need one another. And I go, oh, now she's going to get into the messy stuff. Because how many, how many of you are comfortable with sharing your needs with other people? Uh, now, wants and opinions, they're pretty high on social media and all these things. But needs, there's very few people in our life we share our needs with. Usually uh, a spouse, a parent. Uh, someone, a good friend, but I think what Heidi was getting at and what challenged me is to get away from our self-sufficiencies. I'm going to be my own body. I'm going to be my own Christian. No, I don't need anybody's help. I'm going to be the best Christian I can be, and I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do my work, and I don't need anybody's help. I'm going to do my ministry. But what Heidi's saying, no, we're a family, and you can do nothing apart from your family. God made us a body, so therefore, we actually need one another. So I want to encourage you, if you're a self-sufficient kind of person, go, you know what, I can just do it. I want to challenge you to stop saying that and start thinking, God, who do I need in my life that's not in my life right now? Or who's in my life that I can begin to lean on and ask for help? And who can ask me for help? Now, you still have permission to say yes and no because we're free. We're free children. We can say, no, I, sorry, I can't help you. Or you can say, yes, I can help you. But this is... It's, it's more risky, but I want to challenge us to start thinking about how we can need one another. Christ, of course, is our primary focus. He's the head, 
but then to share life as a body. And I know it's messier to do it this way, but it's more authentic. And believe me, out there, of these four walls, the, church, the, the city is looking for an authentic church. They actually want a home to come home to. It can be a little messy, but they want it to be real. So it's okay to have needs. Another thing that happened was I, some of my bad theology was corrected, and I confirmed that with the staff and with Pastor Kevin. You know, you go to a conference and you go, oh, I've never thought of that verse that way. Well, I always thought if God gave you a vision or a word of the Lord, that you would write it down, you would pray it, and then you would let it die, and then supernaturally sometime later, 10, 20 years later, God would sovereignly bring it back to you, and then you would pick it up and carry it. Well, you know, I've been waiting for 20 years for those words. So I showed the guys at staff meeting the verse that I was reading that, you know, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, I read them that in John, they, and I said, but you know what? I'm reading the context of John chapter 12. That's not what that verse is about at all. And they said, of course it's not about that. I said, whoops. What it's about is dying to yourself and letting Jesus Christ be first in your life. But it didn't say kill your dream. It said... Let yourself, your selfishness die, and let Jesus Christ be your leader in your life. Follow him with your dream. I said, well, this is much more exciting. So at the, at the conference, the Holy Spirit just keeps blowing on all these prophetic dreams from 10 years, 15 years, 20 years ago. I started rewriting, and then God gave me even better dreams than those dreams. And I shared them with my wife. I share them with Pastor. You share your dreams with people you trust because they can breathe on them. With, they can believe with you. I made the mistake 20 years ago of sharing my dreams with everyone, and I got crushed. Because they're like, that's stupid. God doesn't talk like that. That's impossible. And I was sitting there going, bam, 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 bam. But now I realize you share your dreams with people you trust, and they will come alongside you and say, let's believe together. We need each other. Let's do this together. So if you get a dream, you can die to yourself but what Pastor Kevin reminded me, take that dream and make room in your heart for it with God and the Holy Spirit. You begin to pray over it and believe with it. Let God bring about the miracle. And Heidi finished with this. Actually, it was uh, not Heidi, it was Sean Bowles. He said, all the people he's interviewed in his classes, like 80, 90% of them say God speaks to them through impressions and thoughts and whispers. And he said, why is that? He said, because... God wants a relationship with us and a dialogue. So no wonder he's whispering. Why? He wants you to come close and have a talk. Now, he can use the loud noises, what? To get your attention. But when it's time to talk, it's a whisper. It's that quiet voice. How long has it been since you've taken 10 or 15 minutes to get away for the whisper? It might take longer than that if you're really busy. To unplug, say, God, you have my attention. Go ahead and begin to whisper to me. And those whispers, write them down. There are those hidden things. And you might have one or two people in your life you can begin to share those whispers with and believe with them. And so I used to be ashamed because wh where's, the, where's the power? Where's the voice of God? Where's the prophetic word? Which are fun to get. But God's whispering. Don't be ashamed that God's a whisperer to you. Instead, just say, thank you so much that you trust me to use that still voice. Amen. I'm going to invite Katrina up. The um, participating in the conference was, uh, was a really unique opportunity to get to go kind of mid-school um, year. And so I was really excited to participate in it. And then um, 
it was an amazing, incredible experience. And then I came home and got super sick, <laughs> like crazy dog sick all week. So I had to sit down because I have no energy. And this is the most I've been standing um, since last Sunday, actually. So um, my story is, it kind of piggybacks on that, that still small voice, the whisper. Um, I went with expectation. I had gone to a conference at Catch the Fire Church in um, May, and it was incredible, and I got to hear Heidi Baker speak again, who is a personal hero of the faith for me, and um, and I knew she was coming back to this one, and Bill Johnson, and other speakers as well, so I went and I asked the Lord, what, you know, like, I, I want to meet you, I want to encounter you, I would like an expectation um, I'm going. My heart is expecting to hear from you. And I got there, and there's 3,000 people. It's huge. And um, I realized I was really scared of, like, the big, like, thunderous experience. Um, and I didn't, I told the Lord, I, I don't want that. <laughs> like, Heidi Baker came as a broken, desperate missionary, and she had a really powerful encounter with the Lord at Catch the Fire many years ago. And I was like, Lord, I, I'm, um, I'm a little scared of that, to be honest. And there were so many people, and it was so big. And um, the Lord really just used the time to, to speak to me personally. And it was the, the gentle, the still small whisper in the midst of lots of amazing worship and speaking and people who are praying and interceding and some who are rolling on the floor and some who are experiencing God in very powerful ways. But I was able to experience God in the still, small whisper. And I told him, God, I'm, I'm a little bit scared. And he, I remember him, we went into a prayer afterwards, and he said, do you trust me? And I said, I absolutely trust you. My, my full trust is in you. And he said, then you're in good hands. I will take care of you. And he spoke, and during that time, the people who actually came and spoke words of encouragement to me literally whispered them to the point where I had to like lean in, like, what are you saying? I'd kind of like to hear your prayers um, for me. And, and it, was, it was confirmation. And we spent months talking about being sons and daughters of God. And I confess that I haven't really got it yet. Um, there's moments where I can say easily slip into an orphan spirit, being the only Christian in my family and kind of walking the journey I've walked. It's there, and this conference, I just felt Holy Spirit speak to me in ways that, that a dad speaks to his daughter, and not just the still, quiet voice of me, but the words he gave to other people who are total strangers to me, right? They'd never know me on the street. I would, wouldn't know them. They listened, and they whispered those things that a dad says to his daughter, and for me, that was very, very powerful because it was the need in my heart to hear my father know that he's proud of me. The God of the universe is proud of me. Like, I'm nobody, but that's not true because to him, I'm really somebody, and he's really happy with me. And that made me feel like, really? Like, God's happy with me? Like, me? Me. He's just, he's really happy with me, and he's really, somebody prayed um, and said, God's really he wants to say thank you to you and Mark. And that just floored me. God, the universe is saying thank you to me and to Mark for our lives and our service and our, our pouring out of ourselves. And that was um, very personal. And I think what, what it came out of that experience was, you know, God speaks to all of us in unique ways. Bill Johnson shares when he went to 
um, catch the fire. His experience wasn't like a Heidi Baker's. He didn't come burnt and broken. He came hungry. And, and God met him in a powerful way, but not in a demonstrative, crazy experience, rolling on the floor experience. He just came hungry, and he walked away, and then God did the deep work in him months and months later. And then now we see the fruit of what God did in that time. And I took that as my own to say, thank you, God. And Heidi talked about not putting on other people's anointings because their shoes won't fit. And we look to other people, and we say, oh, man, I really... Boy, it would be exciting to be a missionary and spend my life on behalf of. Um, But the words that the Lord has spoken to me look different than the words that the Lord has spoken to you. And But he's a faithful God. And the way he speaks to me is the way he speaks to me. And the way he speaks to you is the way he speaks to you. And both are awesome. And both are excellent. And both are amazing. Because it's the speaker who's excellent and awesome and amazing. And so just to finish this, um, the banning... I don't know how to say his last name, Liebscher, um, the guy in, um, who started Jesus Culture. His, his message was the most affirming, probably, message I've sat through on carrying the word. So I've had a lot of words spoken over me about missions. Um, my passion is, is overseas missions. And um, often you'll go to a conference and it's, or you'll ask, okay, God, another word, another word to affirm it. And it's like, you know what? He said, you, you need to stop asking God for more words and start asking him to carry the words you've been given. That was one of the first things he said. And I was like, well, yes. Uh-huh, what you just said. And that, um, he, he literally broke it down. If you can get online and, and listen to his message, um, he broke it down in like five steps. But the, the point for me was that I was given a message, I was given a a prophetic word spoken over me in this church um, about overseas missions over 20 years ago. And and here I am, (laughs) and I have had to carry that word. And it doesn't diminish the fact that God gave me the word. But I didn't know, there's no breaking it down into these parts. But the way he broke it down, I was like, that's what I've been doing for the last 20 plus years. All of those steps without being to identify, because it's been confusing, right? You get a word and then you go, Lord, my life is going this way when the word says this way and I want it to go this way. And, he, and it was just so encouraging and affirming to say, um, keep doing, keep following, keep pressing in, don't give up. There's no time limit or um, expiration date on the word I've given you, on the promises I have for you, that those are for an eternity. And so I may not see it now, but I will continue to carry the word that the Lord has given me. And I believe that for all of us, not just for me, but for every one of us. So thank you, church, for enabling um, the leadership to get to be a part of this really incredible and powerful experience. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, that we can hear the word of the Lord. We thank you, God, that we can not only hear the loud noises, but we declare, Lord, and believe that we can hear the whispers. Lord, we pray you would open every spiritual ears in this place in the name of Jesus Christ. And we take authority over every dark force that would try to stop or make us mute or not be able to hear the word of the Lord. 
And we welcome in Jesus' name this new covenant by the blood of Jesus. We thank you that our ears are open and we can hear whispering thoughts from you. Holy Spirit, everyone in this room is qualified to hear God and to carry the word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we just give uh, Pastor Mark and Katrina a hand for that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I think so. I think, I think she's gone. Are you going first? Or not you? So, you, this was excellent. What they said was excellent. What Mark and Rhonda said was excellent as well. Um, we, whenever you get a dream from God and you begin to speak your dream, it is immediately contested. And the person that receives the dream goes through a process, and the one that manifests the dream is almost a completely different person. God is changing us in the process to receive the goodness that he has for us that we could not receive had we not gone through this process. Say, I am in process, but I am making progress. Amen. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, Tammy Merrill. Okay, like the rest of the staff, I just want to say thanks for letting us go and investing in us. Um, the whole week was really good. But I would say for me, what impressed me most, I'm always really um, taken by Heidi Baker's ability to just sit in the presence of God. I mean, she honestly could just spend a service worshiping <laughs> and totally be okay with it. And so I think with that service, um, there was a lot of distraction going on for me. But as I came in, um, just the presence of God in worship was so strong. And, and sometimes... Um, I think we can't, I, I don't know that I know what God did in my heart in that particular service in worship, but I know that there was such a deep um, sense of his presence that I'm sure, you know, later down the road when I don't do something I normally do or I don't react the way I would normally react, I'll notice that God did something, right? And then for for me with Bill Johnson, um, his I always... I personally love good teaching so you know he he would have been my on that whole list of people he would have been the one I was really looking forward to and really enjoyed his teaching about just carrying the word and not becoming so concerned about ourselves in a season of prosperity or in a season where we're not having to fight um you know, so often we're really diligent to fight for our promises that God's given us or in the midst of a struggle, um, we'll go to God and really press in. But then as things loosen up, we, uh, we tend to, to step back. And so he had shared about, about um, the kings of Israel and just that the one who did the most work, the one who took down the high places, also left Hezekiah, yeah, also left such a terrible legacy for his children because he didn't steward it in the promise in the years of prosperity. And so for me, that really spoke to me that, I mean, I'm always, um, and I probably one of my, my common statements would be, even if I don't see the shift, I'm shifting this for my children. 
Um, a lot of times, you know, just with my growing up and different things, working through things with um, different hereditary curses, a lot of times it's not even about me. It's about knowing that the legacy I leave is better and that my children won't have to fight for things that I did. And there's times that, you know, I know that my mom fought fights that I will never have to fight. And so, so for me, that really spoke to me. And then the word, the word about carrying um, our words of prophecy. I mean, there was a season in our life where I said to Barry, if one more person prophesies prosperity over us, I might actually punch them. Because <laughs> it was like, seriously, people, this is getting to a point where I'm tired of putting my faith in use all the time. Um, having said that, I know that it really did stretch my faith. But, you know, when you get a word and it's tested and you know that, um, and I, I just got to the point where I was like, I don't even want to hear another word. I'm just tired. Anyway, but just that, that reminder to really steward the words that we have and to fight with them. And, I mean, Barry and I, coming out of a faith movement, really are diligent to write down words or to, to get the, the um, voice message of those words. But I think I've, I've gotten pretty lazy about going over those words and expecting those words, especially if they're words I don't really want to work for, you know? And so I felt like God was really speaking to me just to be diligent in that, that sometimes we'll get a word and we know that that's going to be a bit of a process. So it's like, okay, God, if you want to make that work, you go ahead and do that. But he's really asking, you know, us to partner with him. So I think just really that reminder that I really, if I'm really saying yes, if my yes truly is yes, that I need to step it up in that area. Amen. 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 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And everything was made by, by the Word, and everything is held together by a Word. The Word is, oh, do I need to put that on? She probably, yeah, Tammy doesn't think she needs it from my voice. <laughs> But we, we, everything comes in a word, and we have to fight for our word. And that was a good reminder that, that we had from uh, Banning Leapshire, is that we have to fight for our word with our word. And we need to stand and see the goodness of the Lord and the deliverance of the Lord in the land of the living. And it's something that we have to contend for, that every dream, every word, every promise speaks of our potential. Somebody say potential. Paul the apostle had to lay hold of the things that were laid hold on him. The things that he received from God, we must lay hold of. We have to grab a hold of them. We have to make them manifest in our lives. They just don't happen. So that was a great reminder uh, that Tammy just shared and Mark and... Mark and Katrina shared that we must lay hold of the promises of God. They, they are yes and amen, and the kingdom is available right now, but we must press in for them. Amen. So the thing that I received probably was the night that uh, received the most, and I just love being in the presence of God. There's no place I would rather be than in the divine presence of a holy God. I love being in in the presence of the Holy Spirit, 
It's my place of security. It's the place that I found so much freedom and liberty. And that's what I'm believing for in Desert Stream, that we have moments of his divine presence manifested. His manifest presence would be available, that we would come in here and we would, be, we would never be the same again. I know, you know, we, we had dinner at a pastor's house the other, uh, like uh, about a month ago. And, and um, they said, how did you... Knowing your past, because we both, Tammy and I, both come from broken homes. Tammy and I, my mom left me when I was four. Her, her dad was, uh, was an alcoholic and, 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 and all that, that wonderful stuff that goes along with that. So um, we, we had this, this uh, deficiency in that Tammy and I, actually, if you looked at our pedigree and our past, we are a recipe for disaster. But God, but God, and we have we have five beautiful and now six beautiful children because my oldest son Brandon got married, and we would go to the altar. At times, even even when we were dating, and and then we'd get married, and we'd still go to the altar, and then we we would we the presence of God. We would go into the presence of God, and we would come out, and we don't even know what was changed. We just know there was a burden that was lifted. There was a yoke that was just destroyed because of the presence of God. And this is what we long for us. And that's what, one of the things that we, we absorb, the, the osmosis that we, the process of osmosis that happened is that we, like, like Bill Johnson said, he, when he, would, he went there 25 years ago or 23 years previously, he went there and he sat in the presence and months later he knew something changed in his life. But we received that, so we are bringing that presence back to desert stream we are releasing that matter of fact right now in jesus mighty name i release every bit of anointing i release every bit of the presence of god i release every good thing of god into the congregation of desert stream in the name everything that we received i release to you right now in jesus name and i say and i say same wage and guilty with association We always think that's bad, but that's also good. I only have what I have because I'm associated with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's not what you know, it's who you know from salvation right on down through. Amen? But I, I, I've been, um, so one of the things that Bill Johnson shared on was what Tammy made reference to, and that was uh, King Hezekiah. And he was born in the midst of an occultic practicing nation of Israel. He was, he was born in a time when Israel was not, Judah was not doing good. And the, the fathers were, of, of Israel were practicing evil and, and, and giving sacrifices to the god Malak and the, the god Baal and, and all these different, different idols from uh, the, around the world. They began to worship them in Israel at the time that Hezekiah was born. But Hezekiah became one of the greatest kings of Judah's history. Hezekiah came in and he destroyed the high places. Nobody else destroyed the high places until Hezekiah showed up. Yeah, they started to serve God again, but they never destroyed the the high places like Hezekiah did. Hezekiah came in and he began to tear down. And Hezekiah also did this one thing. 
And it's found in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. He removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden images, and broke into pieces the bronze servant that Moses had made for until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nehushtan. Hezekiah broke down the high places. He destroyed the high places. We have to do that in our lives. There's high places in our hearts. There are, there are strongholds in our lives that we need to tear down. But also, you notice he tore down the serpent that Moses, that God had Moses make. And they would lift up the serpent and the people would look to it and they would be healed. There are things, and and I woke up yesterday, I was Cinco de Mayo. And then this morning, Cinco de Mayo kept coming up in my spirit. Cinco de Mayo kept coming up in my spirit. And it was the day of May 5th that the Mexican army defeated the French army. The, the French had over 8,000 uh, soldiers, and they uh, had superior weaponry. And they, at, they went and attacked um, Mexico, and Mexico only had 4,000 soldiers, half the, half the many, and, and inferior weaponry. But they had a great victory that day. Now, what does that have to do with anything I'm saying this morning? This right here. We cannot live our lives on our past victories. And this is what Hezekiah found himself doing. Yes, he, he, he showed us that we cannot make an idol out of the things that were good in our past. I don't know if you're getting what I'm, if you're picking up what I'm throwing down this morning, but we, we have looked at our victories in our past and we said, well, you know, God's got to do it that way or, or I'm going to do it this way because it happened before or, or I'm going to settle and settle back in my laurels and I'm going to sit in my lazy boy and just drink the milk and the, and the honey and I'm just going to, I'm just going to survive on my past victories. And I want to say in Desert Stream, there's no more survival on our past victories. There's no more just putting up with the enemy. We are going forward and into bigger and better plans that God has for us and he is has the best days ahead of us and, and right now we're, our best days are not behind us we're not worshiping a, serp, a serpent in the wilderness any longer we're worshiping the king of kings and the lord of lords so unfortunately um, and I'll end with this Hezekiah ended up doing the thing that his forefathers did. He began to live off his past successes. Somebody say it's a daily thing. God wants to whisper to you daily. God wants to speak to you daily. He wants to give you a fresh word daily. He wants, to, he wants to rebirth those words daily. He wants you to come to him daily. It, it, it has to be, the, the Christian walk is a fresh bread. It's a fresh breath. 
It's a freshness to it. It's an everyday. We cannot live our lives off our past victories. The couldas, the shouldas, and the wouldas of the past. We cannot depend on them because God has something better for you today. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it today. So now that was my first closing. Now my last closing. So when Bill Johnson was speaking and, and saying this scripture right here. Um, Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 25. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. The Lord promised him 15 years, and he rejoiced because he would not see the folly of his nation within his life. What, Tam, what Tammy said, what we do today will, will affect our legacy. What we are doing today is for our children's children's children, children. What we do today is very important. What you do today will establish the, the way and the project the trajectory of your legacy. So I'm like convicted to the core. I didn't even wait for an altar call. I stepped over the chairs and I went to the altar. And I laid down because I felt the favor that God poured out on my life, I was not living up to. So I am snotting up their carpet. I'm just blubbering like an idiot. And just saying, Father, forgive me for not living up to the amazing favor that you have poured out on my life. And help me, Dad. Help me fulfill my purpose and live out your dream and fulfill that word. And when I was done blubbering and repenting, I got up from, I, no, I didn't get up. He says, are you done? I am. He says, now get up and go be my son. And then a few minutes later, as I got up, he, he says to me, he says, your eternal yes that you gave me today allowed me to give my eternal yes to you today. So I walked out of there with security, um, blessing, and I just thank Pastor Kevin and Sherry and, and uh, the staff and elders and the deacons for blessing Tammy and I and, and our whole team and our family uh, to be able to um, go to that next level, take care of some stuff. Because we, we pour out, I pour out, I pour out on a daily basis in um, people's lives and phone calls and Zoom calls and you know, national meetings, international meetings that I'm doing even on um, over computer and all this kind of stuff. And then just our regular pastoring that we do to our sons and daughters and many of you. 
but uh, it was a good time of being poured into in a safe place. And, uh, and I thank, Pastor Kevin, thank you for the safe place that you've created. And I was just saying to uh, Papa back there, uh, I said the one thing that we have in our staff, the one value that we never leave and we never depart from is our unconventional love for each other. And I thank you for having that and creating that in, in our lives so that we can, the place that you will grow the greatest is in, in the fertile soil of unconditional love. You can just be you. And, and you'll be loved even if you, if you make a boo-boo. Amen? So, um, love you all. Thank you for your continued prayers. I'm um, traveling. I'll be in like three different places this November, this, um, what are we, February? Yeah. <laughs> it's 2019, by the way. Um, we're already in February? Oh, my word, eh? Um, so I'll, I'll be at Todd and Tammy's uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And then I'll be with Mark Eshelman on Wednesday in, in Drayton Valley. Then I will be in um, Westlock with uh, Brian and Avis Logan. And uh, then I'm home for a couple of days. Then we fly out to California. And I do a conference there. And we're going to take the family and we're able to go together. So, but love you all. Thank you for praying for us. And thank you for um, being in our lives. Amen. Bless you. Father, we just ask today as we close out this service, and there's been so much wonderful stuff that, God, you have uh, written on people's hearts in the last few days of that conference. And, Father, has been shared this morning. I pray, Lord, that the congregation will be encouraged that, God, uh, even though it's 2,000 years since Jesus came and rose again from the dead, that, Father, you still speak to your church. You still speak, Lord, that, Father, we realize we have the, 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 the perfect testimony in the Scripture, but we also realize that that Scripture doesn't contain everything that you have to say. It's impossible for it to contain everything that you have to say. That's why in the last days the Scripture says that your young men will dream dreams, your old men will have visions, that you'll be laying your, your spirit upon all flesh, and that, Lord, we will speak to the nations the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you today. Father, you're still speaking to your people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, thank you very much, worship team. And praise the Lord. A tough assignment to lead people in worship and to kind of be like the, uh, you know, uh, David Letterman band in the Between the Acts, too. That's awesome. Appreciate it so much. Really good. Um, I want to just read a scripture to you this morning as we close things out. It says in uh, Psalm 72, verse 17, His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with, with his glory, amen and amen. One of the words that the, amen? 
One of the words that the Lord's been dealing with in my life for the last couple years is, and I've, I've alluded to it here many times, it could be summed up in one word. It's the word partnership. And, and the revelation in my spirit that God has determined that he will only, everybody say only, only work on the earth through his people. That is how he is working. That when you read verses, and there are many verses that talk about, you know, the glory of the Lord filling the whole earth. I mean, you just got to, you know, do a Bible search. They're all of them. They're there. But here's what God has been showing me, and here's what I was reminded of at the conference again, is that the only way the glory of God fills the whole earth is if it does it through us. Now, I realize God's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He was everywhere before there was any creation on the earth. He was everywhere uh, before Jesus came. He's everywhere. We understand that, the omnipresence of God. And then we also realize and understand the, the ever-present presence of God. He lives within us, right? He's, he's there. But a lot of times people miss that there's another presence the Bible talks about, the manifest presence of God. How we see it in when the temple was dedicated and the glory of God came down and the, the, the holy presence of God filled the temple such that they couldn't even continue to make sacrifices anymore, right? You see all those stories in Scripture. Well, that, that manifest presence of God, that, that glory of God has now been, been chaliced, if you will, within the church of Jesus Christ. It is our job to be carriers of his glory. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? He has determined that his presence, his manifest presence, will be made known not through a fire consuming a temple anymore or, or any of that kind of natural type phenomenon. It's going to come through the carriers of his presence, which is his church, his people, the hope of glory. Do you hear what I'm saying? And that got confirmed to me over and over again. It seemed like every person, whether they realized it or not, was speaking to me about that and affirming that in my heart again. And uh, the whole idea throughout Scripture that, that you could partner with God was, was revealed over and over again. Moses pleading for the people of Israel uh, when he climbed Mount Sinai, right? And saying, God, don't obliterate them all, right? And God listened to his partner, which was Moses, and they worked it out together. Abraham right? Went to God on behalf of, of, of Lot and, and, and pleaded for Sodom and Gomorrah on behalf of his nephew Lot. And God was going to obliterate it. He said, but would you, would you spare it even for, and he got him right down to what was it, five, right? Would you, even for that. And, and again, God partnered and heard his children. The story that, that, that um, uh, Bill Johnson shared from uh, 2 Kings 18 about Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was dying, and the prophet went to him and said, get your house in order, you're, you're checking out. And he said, but, you know, he cried out to God, he said, I want 15 more years. And God gave them to him. And you'll hear preachers say, well, see, that was the sin. You shouldn't have pleaded for more, you should have accepted the will of God. I say hogwash to that. He was able to partner with God, said, God, I want 15 more years. And because we're in a partnership with him, God gave him 15 more years. Now, what he did with those 15 years was the problem. During the 15 years, he forgot who was the one that rewarded him with the 15 years? He forgot who was the one that gave him a kingdom of peace and who blessed him. And he forgot all those things and he got arrogant and proud. And the Bible says that he, he began to brag and show off all of his kingdom to everybody else. And they finally came and carried it all away on him. And then the, the, the height of his arrogance was shown in that when the prophet confronted him at the end of that time, 
uh, he said, you know, well, as long as I got peace in my time. And unfortunately, too many Christians live that way. They say, well, you know, Lord, as long as we got peace in our time. What does it matter if my grandkids have to put up with civil war? What does it matter if my great-grandchildren live in a country where the gospel is no longer free to be preached? As long as there's peace in our time. People look at me and say, you know, Pastor, why do you fight so hard about these different issues and war and these things? Because I'm not just fighting for the country I live in today. I'm fighting for the country my grandkids are going to live in tomorrow. Does anybody hear me? And the way we win is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we've got to get off the bench, get into the game. Because the glory of the Lord was, is going to cover the earth, but only... Only, everybody say only again, only through you and I. He's got no other plan. It's through his church. That's how he's going to do it. And he's determined to do it. And I've seen the end in the book of Revelations, and he wins. It culminates, but he's going to do it through us. That's what the scripture has been affirming. And there'll be at least a chapter in my book about it when I get finished. But um, I'm telling you, it's through partnership with him. Amen. And uh, I won't say anything more. I'm just going to let Sherry close everything out here. But that's what God affirmed to me over and over again through every speaker that seemed to be saying the same thing to me. It's when my church partners with me that the glory fills the earth. Amen? Um, it was a fantastic time away. The only thing that would have made it better is if Derek and Paula could have come. Um, they're part of the team, but just right now, the phase they're in, both with kids and with building their home, it just wasn't going to work out for this time. So next time, that will happen. Um, I've had a total mind shift in the last couple years, and uh, I have such a grit and determination to not avoid the call that God has in my life, but to just walk in and fully embrace it. So when we went to this, um, the first night, Kevin was sick. So he was back at the room, and he just dropped me off. And uh, Mark McFall met me in the foyer to help me find where everyone was seated because there was no way in that sea of people that I was going to find anybody. I didn't even know Rob and Sue O'Coin were there till last Sunday. <laughs> I didn't see them the entire time. Um, so, and the first night, Mark... Uh, Rhonda leaned to me and she said, Marks wants to know, like, do you want to stay for prayer or, or, you know, do you want to just go back to the room? Like, what are we going to do? And I said, well, you guys can do whatever you want, but I'm staying and I'll get a taxi home back to the hotel if need be. And I didn't mean that facetiously. I just, I've gone with such a determination that, that I'm not holding back. And when those opportunities come, I'm pressing in and just going for it. And I've come to a place where I realize that's not selfishness. That's part of, number one, self-preservation. It's part of growth. And it's part of maturity, even knowing that you always need more. You always need more. And he's the God of more than enough and plenty. Anyways, to summarize uh, what happened to me the one night, it was interesting. We were all at the altar. And... Uh, Anyways, I won't get into the details of what occurred, but the end product was me on the floor for an extended period of time. And Kevin said, what happened? And I just said to him, I am not totally sure. All I can tell you is I felt power and pain at the same time, and I'm not totally sure. And throughout the weekend uh, or the days we were there, 
I felt God putting his finger on specific things in my life. And I, and it wasn't like shame being put on me, but I felt God just putting his finger on things in my life and just areas to make adjustments. And Kevin said, what are you going to share this morning? He said, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. And it wasn't until about two minutes before we came up that I knew specifically how to articulate, because I'm not going to give you the details of what he put his fingers finger on in my life. Uh, maybe someday, but today's not the day. It was her heroin addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm the girl that at age, I think, 52 discovered what pot smelled like when we were somewhere. I'm like, what is that stench? Kevin goes, that's pot. I'm like, oh, that is disgusting. That smells like really bad B.O. Ugh, terrible. So yeah, it wasn't heroin addiction. Okay, to summarize what God had put his finger on and the adjustment God is asking me to make, and I think it's an adjustment not just for me, but I felt I was to share it with you. How many are reading the book uh, or watching the series Spark Joy? It's about tidying up, Spark Joy, and it's all about purging and going through your things and keeping what sparks joy in your life. And that's what you keep. And here's what I felt the Lord telling me this morning to summarize. What the Lord is asking me to do is to look at things in my life that spark life. What sparks life and life more abundantly? What sparks life in my conversations and what I'm watching, what I'm reading, how I'm spending my time. And I'm not meaning that in guilt or shame because it, relaxation can produce life too. But I just feel that that's specifically. So as you're watching the show Tidy Up, as you're reading the book, girls, I would challenge you in your conversations, ask yourself that. Is, what is sparking life? Is this sparking life? Um, and that's... I'm trying to keep it concise because of time, and that's basically a short, condensed version. It was awesome. I always go to conferences uh, so aware of how blessed we are because I go to these conferences in all these great settings, and I have no problem imagining us transitioning into what's happening there and more. It's just we are so favored we are so favored in so many ways, and we recognize how blessed we are to be part of this body and to get to lead this body. Um, we love you and are blessed. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Let's stand together this morning. It's late, and uh, we thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for sending us. Thank you for blessing us. My goodness. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It has been a delight to be there. It's a delight to be part of your lives. How many are looking forward to the journey, amen? Come on, I'm looking forward to what God has, amen? I'm saying more, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. Hallelujah. More of his grace, more of his love, more of his mercy, more of his power, more of his goodness, more of his glory, more, Lord. Father, we just thank you today for your loving kindness for us. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies are new every morning. Scripture says, great, great is your faithfulness. Father, we bless you today. We 
give you thanks today. We praise you today. Lord, we just ask that everything that's been shared from Mark and Rhonda earlier, Lord, right through to Sherry at the end, we ask for every word to, Lord, find a place, a habitation in someone's heart, Lord, for you to minister to a Father, to our hearts, to set things right in the course that we're on, and Father, to direct us toward a deeper walk with you. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week in Jesus. And don't forget, Ken's going to be here with us next Sunday, so make sure you bring a friend, an enemy, somebody bring them with you, and God can bless them.